the risk of being deported. They still want to try. Family members in the U.S. tell them to keep trying, he says. He gave us access to his operation. The ladders used to scale the wall and the holes to keep an eye out for Border Patrol. A thousand dollars for a chance to get over. So in six months, 80 to 100 people have paid you to get over. Obsess and P futures are up 14, and you can now pay for your next Tesla with Bitcoin, Elon Musk tweeted this morning. Dow futures ahead 118. This is CBS News. Switch to T-Mobile for business and get an amazing deal on your business plan. Stop in-store today for details. Terms and conditions apply. See T-Mobile.com for more. I love being able to share with our family who's listening how much we all love State Farm Insurance. With surprisingly great rates, State Farm has saved us money with our car and home insurance. I mean, you're my wife. You know how much I love a great deal. So, of course, I'm <laughs> going to love the great rates and great service at State Farm. It's good for my wallet and for my family. State Farm meets my needs. Plus, I get to control how and what I want for my budget. And I do it all from their award-winning mobile app. Surprisingly great rates. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Catholic bishops in Germany are leading an international revolt against a Vatican edict forbidding clergy to bless same-sex unions. The rainbow flag has been hoisted outside at least one German cathedral, part of a surge of opposition within the church there to last week's decree. It stated that gay sex is intrinsically disordered and that God does not and cannot bless sin. But more than 2,200 theologians and clergy in Germany, including at least one archbishop, have voiced public opposition to the decree and clergy in Austria and Belgium have added their voices too. Vicki Barker, CBS News, London. Struggling movie chains were counting on it. I made mistakes and a lot of enemies. Instead of debuting exclusively in theaters in May, Disney says Marvel's upcoming Black Widow with Scarlett Johansson will open simultaneously on Disney Plus this July. Cruella and Luca, same story. Deborah Rodriguez, CBS News. I should have come back it's all about the nose. It's your air filter, the first line of defense against bacteria and viruses. If too many germs get stuck in your nose, guess what? You get sick. That's why it's so important to keep your nose clean, just like washing your hands. Nasal irrigation gets rid of germs by rinsing the nasal cavity, but neti pots are hard to use and, frankly, kind of gross. Now there's a better way to keep your nose clean and help your body protect itself. It's called Navage Nasal Care. Navage uses powered suction to flush out allergens, mucus, bacteria, and viruses. Millions use Navage for fast, all-natural relief from sinus congestion and allergies and to breathe better, sleep deeper, snore less, and feel healthier without drugs. Navage is easy to use, affordable, and comes with an absolute guarantee of satisfaction. You wash your hands and brush your teeth every day. Now it's time to start cleaning your nose with Navage. At Navage.com, CVS, Walgreens, Bed Bath, Target, and Rite Aid. Navage, N-A-V-A-G-E. Clean nose, healthy life. 
This time of the year, the weather changes quickly. And when you want to know about the school closings, you'll get them on Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Listen every morning from 6 till 8.30 for the complete list that affects you. The school closings on WATH is brought to you by Ohio Health Oblenis Hospital. Believe in we. The school closings when you want them on your center for winter weather information. Classic Hits 970 WATH and 97.1 FM. Are you ready for an upgrade for your home? Then check out Superior Renovations in Albany for all your home improvement needs. Superior Renovations is a family-owned business of over 20 years specializing in bathroom and kitchen remodelings. Superior Renovations is committed to superior quality and results. For your free estimate, call 740-517-8795. Great references and great prices available for your next project. Superior Renovations, 27480 Old State Route 346 in Albany. Weenie Wednesday. Corn dogs and regular hot dogs, 99 cents each. Open 10.30 a.m. until 9 p.m. Head on over to Larry's Doghouse at 410 West Union Street in Athens. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. Get the facts every hour at the top of the hour with CBS News Radio on Classic Hits 97 and 97.1 FM, WATH. This is Education Matters with Ohio Education Association President Scott DeMauro. It's been a full year now since our whole world changed and Ohio's school buildings closed as the first COVID-19 cases were detected in our state. I couldn't be prouder of the work of all of Ohio's educators in that time. Teaching never stopped. Learning never stopped. And our educators have never wavered in their dedication to reach and teach their students. Thank you. Education Matters, brought to you by the Ohio Education Association. I-N-E-P-T, E-N-F-T, track, two, four, six, eight. Who do we appreciate? Oysters, oysters, raw, raw, raw. Well, Coach Turf, here we are at midweek and getting ready for another ball game. By the way, I want to apologize for being a little bit late today. I had some car trouble on the way over here. Well, that's what you get for driving around one of them jalopies. By the way, what it is you, that you're driving around these days. In case you forgot, Coach, I won the right to drive the 37 Packard all week. Oh, oh, I, I done forgot. Where you been so far? And I wonder if you have a, a patch kit and a bicycle pump around anywhere in that uh, vehicle. Well, I sent our new driver right over to it. You know, we done uh, eliminated uh, Wrong Way Reitman. He went the wrong way too many times, and we got us a new driver this year. And, of course, now if you want to try out, you can come on along with us. But we got a boy that uh, is going to be doing the driving from now on, a fellow named uh, Crawford, Skid Crawford. And he's going to be taking over for Wrong Way Reitman. So don't get too used to driving around that 19 and 37 Packard because we need it back by 6 o'clock Friday so as we can go on our next road trip. Well, tell him it's on the curb over in front of the uh, Tamashant building, I believe. Well, don't leave it there. We don't want anybody to run off with it. Coach Turf, on our midweek program, lest we forget. And these are my favorite programs. I really like doing these programs because it lets the fans in on the steep tradition of NAP Tech football and, and uh, all the lore from football that we've done give to the ball game. Well, what have you got for us this week? Well, I'm glad you asked me that question because we want to talk about an expression that all them football announcers use, and you probably use it too, what you call on the numbers. 
Means a perfect pass, Coach. That's right. That goes back to the late 1940s, and a uh, fellow what played football for the Oysters, quarterback by the name of uh, Pockets Peterson. And uh, Pockets was a real fine quarterback. He, he uh, reason we call him Pockets, so he didn't come up to your shirt pockets. He was a rather short little fella and had trouble seeing his receivers, especially when he went to throw that ball over the middle. And back then, we didn't have numbers on the fronts of the jerseys. We just had them on the backs of the jerseys. And, and that's why we painted numbers on the fronts of the jerseys so he could see his receivers and drill that ball right to the numbers. So that's where the expression on the numbers came from. Comes right from NAP Tech, history of the football, and the fans probably didn't know that. And we'll be back with Coach Turf right after this message. And we have to tell you that uh, the Coach Arthur Show is proudly brought to you by Thunder Bunny Tattoo Shop. Coach Turf talking about inept football in the 1940s and the expression on the numbers. Uh, anything else from that era? Well, that's right. You know, good old Pockets Peterson give a lot to the history of football played here at NAP Tech quarterback back in the late 1940s. And, you know, Pockets was a rather short little feller. And what we had to do in order for him to sit back there and throw the football and so give him enough time to pick out his receivers and hit him on the numbers is we had to tell our offensive linemen to kind of form a little protective shield around that feller. And we didn't want him getting hurt, you know, little and as, as he was. So what that turned out to be in the sports pages, fellers started to call that the pocket where he was throwing from. They named it after him and named it after the feller what played quarterback in inept tech football. And another expression coming uh, to us from inept tech football. Well, that's right, and that's not all. You know, I remember back in 1949, we was playing Cinema State and that famous trap door that they had back there, and he dropped back to pass once and fell through that trap door and all the way down to the ground. I remember one of our assistant coaches saying to me, Coach, that was a real deep drop. Be listening again, sports fans, for the next thrill-packed interview with the head coach of the Fighting Oysters of Inept Tech, the coaching legend in his own mind, the one and only Coach Art Turf. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. W-A-T-H-F-N's. Oh, my. Wonderful temperatures outside. Chance of rain, 40% though. We've only had a couple of drops this morning on my windshield. But as I said, it's going to be 76 degrees today. Uh-huh. Hey, it's a Thursday. No, no, no. It's a Wednesday. And we got a free-for-all edition. Got lots of information to share. and We've got a special guest tomorrow. We'll fill you in on that in a moment. I'm Dave Palmer. Scott Daly's here as well. Good, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Here we are. So, uh, tomorrow... Ken Hoffman's going to be joining us. Um, Hawking College up the road. Fine school. Uh, a lot of specialized good programs. Um, they made a choice a couple years ago to start adding athletics 
and um, and they've added more each year. And um, the way they're going, they're going to have probably a full assortment of uh, athletic programs uh, within a short period of time. Ken Hoffman is their athletic director. So he's going to join us tomorrow, and we're going to learn about this whole process and uh, how complicated it is to get it going, and, you know, what percentage of, uh, shall we say, technical schools are doing this, and um, just just learn all about it because it's it's kind of different, isn't it? Yes, it is. Currently they have men and women's basketball, volleyball, football, and four new sports coming along men's and women's cross country baseball and softball how about that yeah so they'll be uh able to offer scholarships you know to prospective student athletes Mm -hmm. which would be nice for kids that may not be able to go to other schools that maybe they'll have a chance at a scholarship at hawking college and while ohio university are the bobcats hawking college are the hawks right yes the oh. hawks. Hawks. Not ox. Hawks. Like, they fly, right? Yes, the bird. All right, so that's tomorrow. But in the meantime, we got today's show to do, and we're glad to be here. Um, it's a little overcast outside. Yeah. Uh, uh, but very pleasant temperature. Yes, it is. I, I walked out uh, this morning, and it was clear, lots of stars. And it all came in in the last few hours. Yeah. Yep. So there are some uh, showers, I think, in the forecast. What, tomorrow? Well, possibly today and more likely tomorrow and tomorrow night. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, anyway, today is March 24th. This is the 83rd day of the year. If you're counting, there are 282 days yet to go. A highlight in history, we go back to the year 1976, when the president of Argentina, Perón, right, was deposed by her, uh, that was a woman, Isabel Perón, was deposed by her country's military. Seems like a complicated thing. Um... Let's see, in 1913 on this date, New York's Palace Theater, later known as the legendary home of Vaudeville, opened on Broadway. I have been there. On this date in 1958, Elvis Presley was inducted into the United States Army at the draft board in Memphis, Tennessee, He then boarded a bus for Fort Chaffee down in Arkansas. See, it says here he underwent basic training at Fort Hood, Texas, and then uh, was shipped off to Germany. Do you recall what his military specialty was? It's not listed here. I do not. I wonder if we could find that. I'm going to... See what well, I can dig like, up. Like, was right he now. infantry or was he armor or was he admin or, you know what I mean? Yes. Okay. Let's, let's see if we can find something there. Will that be Elvis Military 
M.O.? Well, no. mil- military occupation is what M.O. stands for. Okay. Um, Let's see here. In the meantime, we'll go on here. Let's see here. Oh, in 1989, the Exxon Valdez um, ran aground on the reef out in Alaska's Prince William Sound. Began leaking an estimated 11 million gallons of crude oil. Remember all the efforts to save the wildlife and everything? Yes. That all the dish soap that did so well in cleaning up those uh, animals? Yes, I remember that very well. Anyway, on any given date, so many things. I mean, literally, literally, there are dozens of other things I could mention about any given date. Yeah, that was uh, publicized pretty well during after uh, Hurricane Katrina to all the wildlife mm-hmm. that needed to be rescued. And here we have, as we segue from rescuing Talk wildlife... To Elvis. To yeah. Elvis, yes. <laughs> During his active military career, Elvis served as a member of two different armor battalions. Armor. Yes, he belonged to Company A, 2nd Medium Tank Battalion, 37th Armor Station at Fort Hood. During this assignment is where he completed basic and advanced military training. Fair enough. Armor. We got our answer. He was a tanker. Would that be considered? Yes, Absolutely. You know, Fort Knox is also a armor, a lot of armor stuff there. And, um, you know, it's very unnerving to be um, um, in, a, in a company formation marching down the road and have a tank go past you. Uh, it really shakes the ground, if you know what I mean. Yeah, and uh, the noise of those big engines... Well, it's the... Um, the vibrations? Yeah. 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 I'm actually looking at a picture here of a young Elvis next to a tank. And a uh, pretty good-sized tank. My goodness, he, he looks young. I, of course, he was. I had the opportunity while at Fort Knox to, to get him one or two and ride a little bit. And um, they're quite amazing machines. Yeah, my oldest brother, Chuck Jr., was a was involved with uh, tank turret repair. Oh yeah, so uh, he was a tanker, and I remember seeing pictures of that with the FTA Future Tankers of America inscribed on some things. <laughs> well, today is National Cheesecake Day. That is absolutely, folks. I think you know by now if you've listened to me for any years. Uh, one of my favorite desserts, cheesecake. Uh, so I'm all for that. It's National Chocolate-Covered Raisin Day. I don't, mm. I don't mind those either. Mm. And last thing, National Equal Pay Day. And um, I assume they're talking about gender, uh, where you know there's been so much concern over the years about women being paid less than men, and so on. I'm yes. just guessing that's Could what... Could be, or all-encompassing yeah. equal pay for everyone. Um, let's see, historical events. Um, let's see, on this day of March 24th. In 1603, Scottish King James the Sixth 
son of Mary, Queen of Scots, becomes King James I of England in succession to Elizabeth I, thus joining the English and Scottish crowns. 1837, Canada gives its black citizens the right to vote. 1837. Hmm. Just for kicks. The year for that for the U.S. was... Let's dig in there. Um, I want to... Was it after the Civil War? Right I, right I, after? I hesitate to say. Okay. We'll see what we can find. So, uh, Canada did it in 1837 on this date. We're going to look up and see what uh, how that worked out for the U.S. Uh, let's see. Well, it says 1965... That Voting Rights Act that LBJ signed, yeah. I think we recall yeah. that one. That created significant change, but it was it was way before that. Eighteen seventy. Okay. There we go. The Fifteenth Amendment was ratified to prohibit states from denying a male citizen the right to vote based on race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Eighteen seventy. So Canada nearly 40 years ahead of us. Interesting. 1882, German scientist Robert Koch, K-O-C-H, maybe Koch, uh, discovers and describes the tubercle, the cilus, which causes tuberculosis and even established a germ theory. Tuberculosis, of course, years ago was much like COVID today in the sense of it was a plague. If I recall, or not yep. recall, but if I recall reading. Yep. <clears throat> it certainly was back before medical advances that we have now. 1976, Argentine President Isabel Martinez de Perón is deposed in a military coup. We have two of those today over history. Well, I guess that's good enough there. Let's see what kind of birthdays we have here. Okay. Okay, Clyde Barrow. Oh, yes, Bonnie and Clyde. Boy, this is a very young picture of him. He looks really like a boy. But he lived from 1909 to 1934, so he really didn't make it very, you know, he didn't have too many years to his life before he was killed. Bonnie and Clyde, um, they were just, um, what, what word would you use? Um, well, Crooks, say, right? Yeah, criminals. Uh, criminals. Bank That's robbers. Good, yeah. Gangs. But he was born on Gangsters. this date in 1909. Gangsta. Gangster, yes. <laughs> Joseph Barbera. Uh, wasn't he with, uh, like, uh, Yabba Dabadu and all uh, of that? I think you're right about that. Hanna-Barbera. I think. Cartoon. Syndicate. S see if it's the same guy. Okay. But he was born on this date in 1911. He died in 2006. 
Joseph Barbera. Yep, that's him. That's him. Yep. Harry Houdini, right? Yes. What would we, in a word, a magician? Yeah. I think so. Illusionist? Illusionist. That's probably much better. Escape artist? Born on, born on this date in 1874. He died in 1926. He Houdini don't out of here. He was sick, if I remember correctly. Died of some disease. Uh, you, you've got a better memory than I do. Pat Bradley. Today, her <coughs> 70th birthday. Now, she looks like a golfer. She, uh... Is a, a, um, he actually. <laughs> Pat That's Bradley. a male? Yeah, an American basketball player. Here, look, look here. Let's see. Which one is it? I this right here. Oh, she is a golfer. There is a different Pat Bradley. We bet there's a uh, basketball player named Pat Bradley, too. Okay. So, yeah, she is an American golfer, member of the LPGA Beginning in 74, won nice. 31 tour events wow. in six majors. Two famous deaths to share with you. First of all, that of Bernard Montgomery. Um, he died on this date. Uh, well, first of all, he was born in 1887, but he died on this date in 1976. Military guy. Yeah. Remember the... Famous, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, I guess, confrontations that he and General George Patton had. Oh, yes. Okay. Field Marshal Montgomery. They referred to him as Monty right. and the Spartan General. He was a British World War II general. And the other death that we uh, should mention today is that of Elizabeth the she was born in 1533, but died on this date in 1603. The Queen. Yes, Queen of England. All right, so we've done those. Um, let's uh, briefly do the um, COVID information. Um, Athens. Uh, had four new cases yesterday, bringing the total now to 4,764 since it all began. Now, 4,605 have recovered. We have in our county had 52 deaths. So right now we have 170, let's see, let me get this right, no, 107 active cases. Um, and then the thing I always like to wind up with is the vaccination report for each of these, like we do Athens, then Ohio, U.S., world, and so on, because I think it's a very positive statement. As of yesterday, 14,077 people have been vaccinated. That's 21.55% of our county. State of Ohio. Um, 
day before last, uh, we reached the 1 million cases mark. Uh, as of yesterday, the count was 1 million in 2, 1 million, 2,822 cases. Maybe I could round these off a little bit. 48,000 and a half are active presently. Which also means that 954,000 and a quarter have recovered. Um, Statewide, we've had 18,000. 382 deaths. 35 were yesterday. Now, again, the good report, vaccinations. Again, as of yesterday, midday, 2,883,634 people have been vaccinated. That is 24.7% of our population in the state. Good news. The United States. Um, nationwide, we had 60, 000, a little over 60,000 new cases yesterday, bringing our total thus far up to 30 million. 587,629. Now, 22,851,070 have recovered. There were 700 and, if this is correct, 750 new deaths yesterday, but that's way more than customary. Uh, I think that sometimes the weekend figures don't get thoroughly put in, and then they add them um, later. For example, on uh, Monday, which would have been Sunday's information, we only have 47 deaths nationwide. Well, you get the point. Um... Now, the, the information about uh, vaccinations, 126,510,000 people have been vaccinated. That's 38.2% of our nation's population. All right? We'll set that aside. Say a word about um, today's program. Um, E-A-S, that's what we call it here, but um, you may better know it as Emergency Activation System. Uh, We are an important station in that process. They have different designations like LPT-1, LPP-2, And so in each geographical portion of the state, there are stations that are designated as LPT-1 or 2. 
and then everybody else is simply a, a member. We are an LPT2. I believe WOUB is an LPT1. But the point is, we're all tied together with the state and national emergency information systems. It's a very highly complicated technical system. Uh, and when you hear those two tones, in fact, I've heard recently sometimes um, those same tones on cell phones um, being used. It's one of those sounds you can choose to use on your cell phone for different alerts. But um, at 9.50 this morning, we're having a test. And you test the system periodically to make sure it's all operational, make sure that if someone didn't receive the test, one of the other stations around the, the state, uh, then they look into that and figure out what went wrong. Um, so that's coming up in about uh, 15 minutes or so. And it'll probably interrupt us, as it should, if it were an emergency, right? Yes. So, all right, let's talk about the news. <clears throat> I have uh, two different sources here. I have the New York Times, and I also have CBS. Um... Regarding the Colorado shooting, there are new details on the 21-year-old suspect in the Colorado supermarket shooting. Um, oh, suddenly I'm having a brain freeze. That happened in uh, Boulder. Boulder. There we go, Boulder. Yeah. Um, the man's name was Ahmed al Alawi Alisa. And court documents show that Alisa bought an assault weapon less than a week before the attack that killed 10 people, including a police officer. The documents also say supermarket employees told investigators that Alisa shot an elderly man multiple times outside the store before going inside. Another person was found shot in a vehicle next to the car registered to the suspect's brother. The documents uh, thus far have not said where the gun was purchased. Authorities say the suspect was born in Syria and lived in the Denver suburb of Arvada. Investigators have not established a motive. Meanwhile, President Biden has weighed in on the shooting, urging Congress to immediately ban assault rifles in high-capacity magazines. Quote, this is an American issue. It will save lives, American lives, and we have to act. That quote from President Biden. Well, what about that topic? 
gun control. Senate Democrats say they are pushing toward a vote on expanded gun control measures as the nation reels from its second mass shooting in a week. But prospects for any major reform are dim, for now at least, in the closely divided Congress. The Senate Majority Leader, Chuck Schumer, vowed Tuesday, yesterday, in fact yesterday morning, to bring to the Senate floor legislation passed by the House that would require background checks for most gun sales and transfers. Um, I own, I'm trying to think here, I guess four guns. I have a 22 rifle. I have an old shotgun that I'm not sure I would feel comfortable trying to use. I don't know as its condition is safe, but it belonged to a grandfather, right? Yep. Um, and I have two handguns. One is a a 32 caliber revolver, five 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 shot five shot that is silver in color and belonged to my grandmother. Um, and then I have a, a 22 caliber revolver that looks like a Western gun. So, you know, these are all kind of like the kind of guns you go to the range and you target shoot and that sort of thing. I guess they could be used for small hunting. But uh, for the most part, they're decorations in the in what we call the fun room. Uh, which is also the room where all these people that have lived with us, young students and so on, that was their living room. Um... I, I have no desire to own weapons such as I used when I was in the service. Um, I'm, I'm very content going out to uh, Dale and Darla's farm out on Fisher Road and target shooting. Um... That's really my, you know, and when I lived in Wyoming, okay, Wyoming, <laughs> uh, and you've all heard me joke about that over the years, uh, I had this pistol made for me that looks like, like, and it has a holster and the belt and all of that, right, made by Ernst's Saddlery, custom made for me, and it really looks cool, like I could wear it in a movie be a cowboy but anyway I, I 
I do not understand the need for assault rifles being in the hands of anybody but the law enforcement officials. Now, I'm sure that's going to anger some of you out there, and I'm sorry. It's not something that's been decided for sure. And many of you have a, um, a delight in having ownership of one. It's just my... You know, what, what's, that, what's the amendment? Uh, the, the one, the right to bear arms? Yes. Second. Second amendment. Yeah. You know, when that was written, I'm not sure there were distinctions between weapons, uh, rifles, or something that you might use for target practice, you know, recreation. Yeah, I'm sure they may not have seen the development of yeah. the assault rifles. You know, what, 200 years ago? You know, I trained in 1970 with an AR-15, AR-16. Anyway, as fast as you could pull the trigger, it would fire. Just boom, 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 boom. Yeah. And then later with one that if you held the trigger back, it fired like a machine gun. So I know what that stuff's like. And I think that should be in the hands of the military. Oh, well. Yeah. That's just my opinion. Yeah. And what does my opinion mean? Not a damn thing. Well, yeah, there are so many different angles from topics like this and the controversy that surrounds them, you know, one side you have these gun enthusiasts that may have military experience. I know a few of them that, you know, they they love their what they call their arsenal. Oh yeah. You know, and then on the other hand, you know, you got people that feel otherwise. I just, uh, you know, could someone lose it and then start using them? Could someone be angry to such a degree that they would use them on another human? Um, it's hard for me to fathom, but it seems to happen all too often. Yep, it has happened too much. Well, American federal health officials say the results from a U.S. trial of AstraZeneca's uh, COVID-19 vaccine may have included outdated information, and that could mean the company provided an incomplete view of efficacy data. So they're going to have to go back and work on that a little bit further. But they can do it quickly. Um, the country that's using that particular one most of all is Spain. And that's really the only thing we have on that. Certainly another major story is that of the border crisis. Oh, my. Um, I don't want to sound real sappy or anything.
but when this all first started a week or two ago, and we were hearing about all these Mexican children whose parents had encouraged them to leave their country to come here, and they're unaccompanied. And our Border Patrol people are working hard to create conditions where they're comfortable eating and so on. I just said to my wife very casually, but you know, it's I'm 71, she's 73. But what I said was, should we adopt one of those? Both of us are kind of suckers for helping people. And kids especially. And we've had 22 people live with us of teenage years, age, or slightly older, some college students. Um, and they do become members of your family. But I think at our age, we, we thought, you know, maybe that's not a good idea. Um, but just the same as that, I've thought the same about older people who, for whatever reason, are alone. Should we... use the word adopt, I'm sure there's a better term, an older person who's in a care center or have them in our home and help them through those last few years of life. I don't know. Anyway, the Biden administration has put out a video of scenes inside the facilities where unaccompanied minors are being processed as they enter the country. Government footage of two facilities down in Texas, as released by Customs and Border Protection, shows children huddled together inside plastic tents, pods they're calling them, sleeping under foil blankets. Um, this is a, a, a huge and rapidly accelerating problem. Yes, it is. I've seen those pictures, too, and they're designed for less than 100. And I think they're now saying there are as many as three to 400 children, people living in these plastic tents. Yeah. And, uh, you know, with COVID rampant, and to me, it, it seems like an incubator for sickness. Now, I just realized, I just grabbed a phone call a moment ago. But I can't bring him on the air because we're about to have this test. So the caller, you have a choice of hanging on there. And then after the test goes on, which might be a minute, minute and a half, I'm not sure. I'll bring you on then. Or um, drop off and we'll, we'll try to talk another time. So um, let's see here. About 15 seconds away from 9.50, which is when this is supposed to occur. We are 970 WATH, Athens, Ohio, 97.1 on FM as well.
so any second now. Hmm. Well, I thought so. Well, I, that was the estimated time, so it, it could happen. Maybe we are one of the stations that didn't receive it down the line. And let's check one other area, too. That was easy. I'm not sure that's the right one or not. I guess we'll find out as the day goes by. Up in Columbus, um, Greg Savoldi, who works at WNCI, is the state chairman for this EAS system. All right, well, um, we did it, and now let's go to the phone. Good morning. You're on the air. Good morning to both of you. Uh, in regard to the uh, caravans that are coming to um, the United States, mm -hmm. they're mostly not Mexican. They are mostly Central American yes. uh, families, uh, sometimes just a mother alone. or I don't think that the children are actually being sent by themselves uh, all the way from their um, mother country to, to the border. They often, and some even are coming now, have learned to come from Europe in that way. Uh, but they're being smuggled here because at $1,000 a head, that's what the figure that was in the national news yesterday, $1,000 a head. And one guy has done 800 of these people. So that's a lot of money, a lot of incentive. And they're the ones who are pushing, come now. So there's being opposite messages put out by the current administration in Spanish and whatever languages, I guess, where they're coming from. Don't sure. don't come here. But they have relatives here in the United States. Many of them have relatives here in the United States. If they had planned to go there during the Trump administration, and uh, they had legitimate reasons as to why they were going here, they weren't coming here to just attack us. They are places where these people cannot live in their houses. Some have had nice houses, can't live there, because... Their, their children are being uh, taken off to become weapons, uh, to, to become fighters, to become the guinea pigs, uh, just as they are in the Middle East where they're being told, you know, go and do the, They don't have a choice with this. So mothers are coming because uh, they don't want their children uh, slaughtered or mm. turned into criminals. But generally speaking, there are people already here, and a lot of that was, was stopped that the, the uh, immigration was stopped, but there they are turning back people, uh, complete families are turning them back, and then those people will try to get over the, the this one guy this morning even said he had, uh, he showed the ladder, he showed the ladder to get over the fence that was built by the Trump administration. So, you know, uh, at $1,000 a head, that's a pretty big incentive. Yes. I don't know what you were supposed to do, but there are people on both sides of the border, many, many of them are uh, from the Catholic faith that are assisting these people because, you know, the large majority of the uh, Mexico and Central America and those areas are Catholics. 
So, you know, there, there is that. And, and, and I understand your heart going out to these folks that mothers are willing to let their children <laughs> come alone past a certain place because that would be, they think, more lucrative for the child to survive mm. than to be in the country or to stay with her. When they didn't, they've, they've sold everything. Many of them have sold everything just to get here and are being pushed by these people who are uh, bringing them here. But I think the problem lies with Mexico. They do have to cross Mexico, unless I don't know my geological uh, map anymore. They do have to all cross through Mexico. The Mexico government hasn't done a whole lot, have they? Evidently. So um, it's... And, and I understand you yourself or your wife herself... You know your 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 big hearts want to go out, but I don't think that you would be allowed to adopt anybody at, at uh, you know uh, our ages. It's just a concept. I know, yeah. I know, and your your sweethearted, as is your wife, would would gladly assist people if you could, but um, you know it's just you feel like you're between a rock and a hard place. Mm-hmm. The only thing that you can do to help, I think, is to support. This this current situation through monetary means through only organizations that you were assured right. that the money right. would go to them uh, rather than these con people. But thanks for letting me say that, and sure. uh, have a good morning, both of you. Thank, Thank you. you. Likewise. Bye-bye. I have one other item here that um, I spotted this morning, and I think it's worth sharing uh, because I've had some concerns about it. This is out of the New York Times and the... Um, The lead line is, is bad news the only kind? There's a economics professor at Dartmouth College that noticed something last year about the COVID-19 television coverage that he was watching on CNN and PBS. It almost always seemed negative regardless of what he was seeing in the data or hearing from scientists he knew. When COVID cases were rising in the U.S., the news coverage emphasized the increase. When cases were falling, the coverage instead focused on those places where cases were rising. And when vaccine research began showing positive results, the coverage downplayed it as far as this professor could tell. But he was not sure whether his perception was correct. So to check, he began working with two other researchers, building a database of COVID coverage from every major network. CNN, Fox News, Politico, The New York Times, and hundreds of other sources that uh, were located in the United States and overseas. The researchers then analyzed it with a social science technique that classifies language as positive, neutral, or negative. The results showed that uh, Scatterdoti, that's the name of this professor, his instinct had been right, and not just because the pandemic had been mostly a grim story. I have had that sense myself without doing or having the ability or knowledge to do the kind of research they did. 
but I just generally was concerned that we don't speak enough of what's going right. And if you've listened to my daily reports, I hope you've noticed that, you know, at least in talking about vaccinations, about recovered people, um, when I deal with percentages and say, you know, 1.82% passed, that got it, I've been doing my best to not paint such a grim picture as what you often see, well, particularly on certain networks. Well, having said that, I think we're just about out of time. Um, we got maybe a minute left. Um... Once again, tomorrow, Ken Hoffman will be joining us. Kenneth Hoffman. He's the athletic director at Hocking College. And I've not met him. I spoke to him on the phone ever so briefly yesterday. Because we were supposed to have him on Tuesday, and I messed up. So he was available to do it tomorrow as well. So we'll, we'll get it done tomorrow. Um, but... You heard Scott list off the various uh, different sports that they've had, some for a couple years, others that they've just added, and I don't know, they may intend to add a whole bunch more. So it's going to be interesting. So catch us tomorrow, won't you? Take care out there. In our 71st year of service to Southeast Ohio, AM 970 and 97.1 FM. This is CBS News on the Hour, presented by Indeed.com. I'm Deborah Rodriguez. It is time for Congress to act. Vice President Kamala Harris is speaking out about gun control days after 10 people were killed in a mass shooting at a supermarket in Colorado. She tells CBS this morning President Biden hasn't ruled out executive action. I don't think the president is excluding that, but I want to be clear that if we really want something that is going to be lasting... We need to pass legislation. Republicans reiterating their opposition to interfering with the constitutional right to bear arms. Denver Nuggets coach Michael Malone dedicated last night's game against Orlando to the 10 people killed at the King Super in Boulder, including the first responding police officer. I think about Eric Talley and his seven kids. That's what I think about. I'm just heartbroken for them and everybody else. And hopefully we as a country, we as a state, can find a way to be better. A candlelight vigil tonight at the Boulder County Courthouse. We're learning more about the 21-year-old charged with 10 counts of first-degree murder. Correspondent.